Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in New Jersey using the power of the internet. And it's episode four? Yeah, that sounds right. Oh my gosh, how did we get to episode four already? We do them one at a time and weekly. <laughs> um, I just feel like time is flying. Can you believe it? I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Today we're going to outer space. Yes, we are going to outer space. Well, we're going to Florida. We're going to Cape Canaveral, Florida. But so many people who go to Cape Canaveral, Florida go to outer space. Probably like disproportionate amount of people that go there go to outer space than almost anywhere else in the world. Uh, I would agree with that. Yeah. So we're really excited about this episode. It was really neat to research. And yeah. But before we get to what we learned, John, um, what's keeping you cozy this week? What's keeping me cozy uh, are sleeping bags. Ooh. Yeah, they, um, they are such a statement of independence, um, but also comfort. You can only... Uh, have it for a single person, so you you take your bed with you, and then it uh, it wraps you up like like you would be when you were a child. Hmm. Oh, that's nice. So, would you rather a sleeping bag or a blanket? I think a blanket has more utility to it, but a sleeping bag is far more comfortable and far warmer. So it depends on how cold the day is. You know, that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I had one other question. What, you know that, like, so on a sleeping bag, there's kind of like a little square, and it has a picture of a lamp on it. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that's for camping. I'm not really a camper. I was wondering if you knew what that was. I don't. Uh, the lantern on there, I imagine that would be placed on... Uh, a number of different types of camping gear, but I uh, I don't know what that is. A mystery. Yes. Well, we'll have to give that a search later. And what's keeping you cozy? What's keeping me cozy is birds singing. I have been loving the spring birds. It's May, and I just feel like every morning I can hear them, and it just, you know, I have my coffee, and I look out the window, and I see them flying by. It's just so enjoyable, and just starts the day off perfect. And uh, what bird do you think sounds the best? Ooh, you know, I really don't think about that too much, but I do like cardinals a lot, so they sound really pretty. And and do you do you know any bird calls? Um, chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> so uh, probably no, no, I don't. I uh, really don't. <laughs> well, um, moving on. Um, we've had a number of listeners um, have some inquiries uh, about Charles, yes. our producer. Uh, he is a man of mystery. Uh, he describes himself as the Banksy of podcast produ producers. Uh, and he has kindly said yes to a segment called Ask Charles, where we get to ask him one question a week, and we will write down uh, his answer to us. So Charles' question this week came from a listener, and they said, Dear Charles, if you were a flavor of tea, what kind would you be? 
And his response, a London fog, because he's from England, he loves sugar, he's classic with a twist, just like this beverage. Do you know what a London fog is? I do. I've actually had one and it's delicious. So a London fog is a tea drink that consists of Earl Grey tea, milk, and vanilla syrup. And yeah, it's great. I haven't had one in a long time, but... They're delicious, and I really like Charles's answer. This is fun. You know, if if you want to send us an email with your question to Charles, um, please do, and we'll see if we can get him to answer it for you. So, John, shall we head to Florida? We shall. All right, let's go. So, Jackie, I think let's move to our next exploration by not engaging in the obvious language that would come to Today, mind. Today, when... we are blasting off oh. to Cape Canaveral, <laughs> Florida. Three, two, one, outer space. I noticed you blasted off after you counted down. <laughs> uh, incidentally, uh, three, two, one. Is also the area code for Cape Canaveral telephone numbers because of... Outer space! Uh, yes, and we are submerging into Cape Canaveral, Florida. Uh, you have to go against the grain, don't you? <laughs> well, yes. Um, this is huge for me. When I was a kid, I really wanted to be an astronaut. Me too. I saw the movie Armageddon and was pretty sure that I was going to be my career path until I realized I was afraid of heights. What happened to you? I was too tall by the Aww. seventh grade, and I have, n and they have not changed the uh, the qualifications. Uh, also, it's hard to be an astronaut. Apparently, they just don't let anyone fly into space. No, they really don't. Well, we're going to space today. Yes, in our minds. Except we're not really going into space because we're going to Cape Canaveral, which is in southeast Florida, and very much so not in space. Well, even the area is called the Space Coast. Very true. We're going to space! Coast. <laughs> so, Cape Canaveral is 1,446 acres, which is 2.892 Disneylands. But we will dis be discussing these surrounding areas as well, including places like Merritt Island. But to start off, let's get to NASA. Yay! Outer space! So, John, I've actually been to Cape Canaveral, but it was a really long time ago. I think it was in 1994. What do you remember? You know, not much, but I remember having a lot of fun at the Space Center, and I have a couple of photos from that day. I looked awesome. I had bangs and a watermelon shirt and pink leggings on, also Velcro shoes, very early 90s chic. Did you look out of this world? I was intergalactic but it was so long ago that i don't remember much else i do have a bit of a mystery though mm -hmm. there was a photo from that day of me poking my head through a photo prop of a spacesuit and above me is a sign that says this way to the famous brass helmet drinks deli dining i tried to look up the brass helmet to see if it still existed but it didn't look like it does. And on top of that, I couldn't find anything online about it existing at all. So if anybody out there has information about the brass helmet, which I believe was at the Kennedy Space Center in the early 90s, I'd love to know. 
Will mysteries ever cease? Mm. Well, uh, Merritt Island is home to the Kennedy Space Center. Since 1968, this has been NASA's primary launch center for human spaceflight. Uh, what's really cool is that they have a visitor center. Ooh. It's a place where a person can walk up and pay an admission fee and see some of the most dynamic histories of the fastest pioneers. Uh, do you know why they launched from Florida? Yes, I do. This was actually something that I was very interested in researching, and I was surprised by what I found. You know, according to AccuWeather.com, it's not actually the most ideal place to launch in one very big way, and that's because of Florida's weather. I saw that as well. Florida has a ton of thunderstorms, and this is challenging to work around. If lightning hits a rocket, it can explode. <gasps> this actually happened in 1987. Oh, geez. So stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, but there's two really good reasons why so many rockets are launched from southern Florida. The first reason is that they use Cape Canaveral... The, excuse me. <laughs> the first reason that they use Cape Canaveral as their main launching site is because it is so close to the ocean. This is helpful because it's a surefire way to make sure that the rockets are not flying over populated areas. There are a few other launching areas that NASA uses, and they are all right by the water for that same reason. The other reason that Cape Canaveral is a great area to launch a rocket is its proximity to Earth's equator. Uh, when you are close to the equator, like you are in Cape Canaveral, the eastward velocity is greater than if you were further away from the equator. Uh, the Earth is on a west-to-east rotation. So uh, the rockets are launched toward the east to take advantage of Earth's natural rotation. The closer you are to the equator, the less fuel, fuel you need, and uh, you can also launch much heavier rockets than you could otherwise. Yes, that's why all of the really big United States space missions launch from there. Not just NASA, SpaceX and other independent contractors too. Also, the military has been performing launch operations since 1949 at what would become Cape Canaveral Air Force Station. It just happened to be the most southern location that had the lowest levels of population density that was on the east coastline of the United States, so it became the main launch site for NASA. Currently, there are about 700 buildings across 144,000 acres or 288 Disneylands. There is also a lighthouse on the property called the Cape Canaveral Light. It's the only fully operational lighthouse owned by the United States Air Force. It was originally built in 1848, but this is not the lighthouse you would see if you were to visit today. The current lighthouse was built in 1868, so still a really long time ago. That's the one with the black and white stripes, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, um, one of the buildings on the property includes, are you ready for this? Ready for what? A 525-foot tall vehicle assembly building for stacking NASA's largest rockets. They manufacture the components elsewhere, but they actually build the rockets 
by stacking the pieces on top of each other when they get to Cape Canaveral. They build them like Legos. Uh, and if you take the KSC bus. Oh, that you... stands for Kennedy Space Center. You know, speaking of Kennedy, did you see that Cape Canaveral was renamed Cape Kennedy from 1963 to 1973 after President Kennedy was assassinated? Yes, I did see that. Uh, it was renamed by Lyndon Johnson through an executive order because Jacqueline Kennedy thought it would be an appropriate memorial. Yes, you know, such an interesting piece of history. You were you were saying something about the KSC bus. Oh, yes. Uh, thank you. Um, should we take a break and, and talk about that uh, when we get back? Oh, yeah, great. Sounds good. We'll see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by Cake Air. Now, coming to your nose live through this podcast. Do you smell that? No? Well, that's because this is actually an ad reminding you to breathe. Ads about breathing air. You'll never see them coming. Breathing in air. Bet you won't do it just once. Fine, Houdini. You win. But you can't laugh about it now. So, um, to get back to things... If you take the KSC bus tour, you can see an original Saturn V rocket uh, about the height of a 36-story tall building enclosed in an even larger hangar. That was the rocket they used in Apollo 13. Yep. Uh, the same type, just not the same one. I also saw that you can see a garden of rockets. Uh, yep. Uh, each of the rockets uh, that's uh, in the garden were an example of a rocket that was fired from Cape Canaveral, Florida. They're all arranged in a little garden. I want to go to the garden. Mm -hmm. You know, you can even see a timeline of upcoming launches on the Kennedy Space Center app. The next launch is May 27th, 2020. SpaceX is launching... Bob Bacon and Doug Hurley. Ooh, safe flight to both of them. You know, launches can be seen really far away from the Kennedy Space Center. My mom lived in Vero Beach, Florida, which is on the southwest coast of the state until she was 12, and she could see some of the launches all the way over there when she was a kid. But they say you can see it from 520 miles away. 520 miles seems crazy far. Um, the app also gives directions on the best way to view the launch. And if you want to see a space shuttle up close, they have the Atlantis exhibit, which features, you guessed it, the space shuttle Atlantis. You can also check out the Gemini 9 capsule. So that's the thing that crashes into the water, right? Yes, with parachutes. It doesn't just fall from space. It still falls from space, just slowly and gracefully. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, of course, instead of using capsules, they use shuttles uh, that are more like airplanes, um, like the one you were speaking about with the Atlantis. Um, in fact, they use a three-mile runway that is built to be able to accommodate the space shuttles. The next set of major missions is the Artemis program. Yes, they are building gateway orbital stations to launch missions into deep space. And it's around the moon 
NASA will use the moon to move people further than humanity has gone before. And the first woman on the moon. And the 13th man. Still impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to meet any astronaut, which, by the way, you can do because you can eat with an astronaut at the Kennedy Space Center. I was seeing that. Uh, So apparently at any given day, there is a visiting astronaut who will give lectures, sign autographs, and for an additional fee, they will have a meal with you. Uh, I would have so many questions. Like what? Most importantly, does food taste different in space? And if it tastes different, what's your favorite food in space versus on Earth? I mean, if food tastes different in airplanes, it must taste different when you're in space, right? Yeah, I, I guess so. What about you, John? What would you ask the astronaut? Hmm... How many times did they ride a G-Force simulator before they didn't get sick? Oh, well, isn't that a bit personal? You asked what I would ask. Well, I'm now regretting this. (laughs) All right, all right. We will uh, switch topics. Um, Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge. With the manatees. Yes. uh, There's so much protected life in the area. Uh, Bald eagles, uh, American alligators, wild boar, eastern diamondback rattlesnakes, and the endangered Florida panther. Did you know that there is a manatee observation deck where you can see... Oh, guess what you can see... People named Jackie looking for manatees. Uh, that's right, John. <laughs> oh, I wish I could be there right now. Oh, I love manatees. You know, on top of all these awesome things to do and see in Cape Canaveral, there is also an exploration tower in Port Canaveral. Uh, port Canaveral is a seaside port located inside of Cape Canaveral where large ships dock. It is a central hub for activities in the area. But the highlight definitely seems to be the Exploration Tower. It's an epic seven-floor building filled with every type of awesome. So most prominently, there are two observation decks on the sixth and seventh floor. You can see the Kennedy Space Center and even watch rocket launches from there. It's a mix of museum and relaxation. There are cafes, shops, exhibits, and there is a theater called are you ready? The Leisure and Recreation Theater, (laughs) where they play a movie about the area. That may be the greatest movie theater name ever. Uh, Agreed. You know, the tower seems like an overall relaxing atmosphere where you can pop up to the seventh floor and catch the view, but they also have an area with interactive exploration and learning. It seems like a perfect place to visit at the end of a long day of exploring. And on that note, I... I think that's all I got. Yeah, same here. Shall we take a quick break before our community shout out? Sounds good. We'll be back after a quick word from our sponsor. We all love burritos. Burrito. Whether they be bean rice and cheese. Burrito. Carne asada with pico de gallo. Burrito. The human capacity for loving burritos has never been higher. And in these difficult times, it is extremely important that we love ourselves. And so that is why we, at Burrito Brand Sleeping Bags, believe you should do some self-care by turning yourself into... A we don't sell burritos. We only sell comfy sleeping bags that encourage you to imagine yourself 
as a carnitas or sofritas burrito, maybe with sour cream and guacamole. Imaginary burrito. The burrito brand sleeping bag company. Love burrito. Love yourself. Every episode, our producer Charles likes to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is the City of Cape Canaveral Student Art Show. So this art show has been around for two decades, and this year, 2020, it was looking like they would need to cancel because of the pandemic. But they found an awesome solution. They hired a company from New Zealand called Exhibit with two Bs to create a virtual exhibit with all the artwork and presented the show online. Yes, the website is so neat and it's really fun to look at all the art from kindergarten to 12th grade. The way that they set it up makes you feel like you're actually walking around an art gallery. We'll include a link in the show notes so you can check out the exhibit yourself. Thank you so much, Charles, for this great community find. Well, that's the show. If you've been enjoying this podcast, we would appreciate it if you take the time to rate and review. Yes, this would be much appreciated. Also, feel free to send us an email at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much to our producer, Charles. And a special thank you to our correspondent, Daniel Roberts. If you'd like to learn more about Daniel, you can find his info in the show notes. And of course, a very happy birthday to our listeners, Debbie and Leo. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. (laughs) 